This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking in the trades and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and we work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley and I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not so tough topics. And we like to feature experts and guests and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Taking life in stride and leaning in are what all successful people learn to do, even when life throws us a curveball. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that to keep up our determination. Miranda O oh is the author of the Chin Up Tits Out series. Her motto in life is to always have a chin up tits out attitude no matter what. Life is a wild ride, and sharing the twisted stories is what brings us together, according to Miranda. The stories in her book series are relatable and carry powerful life messages that all women can identify with with a touch of comedy. The premise of her books carry the message that your life will change if you keep that positive mental attitude. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. I love the title of your book series. That's definitely something that will get ladies to stand up straight and listen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel like you don't even realize but when you read the title, there's like the smallest movements in your physical body that like changes a little bit. You're like, for me, it makes me happy to kind of see the people do that when, when I see them face to face, it's been a while since I've been face to face with everybody the last couple of years, but uh, you, you do see it. You definitely do see it. And it's pretty cool. I actually did that when I saw your title of your book. I'm like, (laughs) damn, yeah. Hang on a second. I just popped those babies right out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Get those sirens out there, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. I still do it and it's been years and years and years and I probably will always do it. So uh, it feels good that that, that impacts other people the same way. How did you come up with the title? Oh, you know what? Funny story. It was kind of the saying that was always said in my house, but it wasn't that sassy. Um, Growing up, my parents always kind of told me to stand tall, hold my head held high and put your shoulders back. So in a lot of words, you cut it down, you make it spicy, chin up, tits out, it kind of evolved. But it was it was a lesson that they had always instilled in us. We played sports. It was an intimidating game. My dad would say that before I'd step on the court or, or on the pitch. Um, if I had a big presentation or a big project, I remember standing in front of theaters of people and having to speak so nervous. And my parents were just like, hold your head held high, stand tall, stand confident. You may be <laughs> crapping your pants, but don't make it look like you're crapping your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so that it just, yeah, that was what I found my main character. Um, coaching herself her internal voice kept coaching herself with chin up tits out chin up tits out and so it just seemed fitting to to throw that as a series title you, your series is a romantic comedy correct 
Yes. I mean, it's yes. And it's, it's more comedy drama than full romance. Um, it, you're not going to you're going to find the lovey-dovey stuff in there, but you are going to find the ugly stuff. You are going to find romance on your own because there's a little bit of that in the third book. Um, you know, figuring out how to love yourself versus, you know, figuring out how to love somebody else. So there's there's a lot of, of different angles of romance and, and lots of comedy through there as well. I was reading that your first two books are a roller coaster ride of emotion. They have topics that are all relevant and have people actually reflecting on their own lives. Did you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. I'd totally be uh, excited to talk about it. I, I mean, for me, talking about the difficult stuff makes it less difficult. And um, I was going through some challenging times. So instead of, you know, just talking to my family or my friends or my therapist, it was, you know what, I'm going to just throw it all out there and see what comes back and being able to write about the difficult stuff that I had gone through personally um, and being able to share it with the world, it it enabled me to heal myself. It enabled me to connect to other like-minded individuals that have led to different opportunity uh, or sorry, opportunities. Um, And it was a process now. I like I've done the three books and I'm working on my next project and, you know, looking back on all the lessons learned personally, just to be able to get those books out was a huge reward for me. Now, when I connect with readers, it's just gravy on top of that. What has motivated you? Because your message, obviously, there's an inner message there that helps the reader and draws them into the story and all of that. But this is something that really people can take away and go, you know what? That might just work. Uh, You know what motivated me hitting, I want to say hit rock bottom, but like continuing to fall and hit your next rock bottom. And Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that. And there's a little bit of, you know, those moments where you are trying to convince yourself what you're doing is right but your gut, like deep, deep, deep down inside, you have that little voice saying like, don't do it. But you try to convince yourself otherwise. Mm. And you start to list all the good, you know, the positives. I did that for so long. I thought I was trusting my gut and I did. I trusted my gut a lot, but you know, over some big decisions, the big ones, the ones that like changed the whole trajectory of your life. um, I ignored them. And I don't regret them because they led me down to where I am today. And I love where I am today, but it was, it was a tough path. Like let's go through the toughest roads of them all um, unprepared. (laughs) That that's what I chose to go down. I didn't, you know, I didn't take the easy route. I always decided to take the most challenging route. And so explaining to myself why I did that, but also trying to share the lessons that I've learned along the way, the, the way it was like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to necessarily take the easy path, which is fine. Take the hard path, learn your lessons, but here's some, 
ways to make sure that the lessons that you're identifying, you're identifying them at a proper time. Um, and then you're able to, you know, work through those roadblocks and maybe it won't take you like 10 years to figure it out. It mm-hmm. might take you a couple of years. It might take you a year. It might take you a couple of weeks. Who knows? It might take you reading the book and then your entire life changes. I don't know. But for me, it was a long road. It was, it was about a decade. And, um, I don't want somebody to lose a decade of what life could be beautiful because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, oh, for sure. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was thinking the same thing, um, listening to you talk. And um, that's what I, when I wrote my book, it was the very same thing. Is it, There's no need to go down the path that I went, which was to hell and then back and then hell again and then back again and then hell again. <laughs> <laughs> so let me list out a few things here <laughs> but no um listening to your inter your inner voice that 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 gut feeling that intuition has been critical in my own story and um i learned a long time ago to listen to them and even though i don't understand the reasonings behind what's going on the, the, that gut feeling is always right 100 percent. so I, I really, even though I don't understand why I'm doing something sometimes, but the right. feeling for me is so strong, it pushes me almost. Like there's no way to explain it. it I, like, I just have to do it. And like moving to LA. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. What great. person in their right mind at 53 who leaves a beautiful home, uh, you know, in Northern uh, Canada where I live at the base of the Rockies, goes to LA, you know, leaving everything behind with three suitcases to try and make another dream happen. Right? <laughs> I'm living in a crappy garage. <laughs> it's like, but it's ever since I took that step and listened to that voice, it, it's the right thing to do. You yeah. know? So Exactly, exactly. Miranda, do you think that we don't listen to our inner voice enough? Oh, I believe so. I think that we're driven by a lot of external forces, more external forces than we are our own internal forces. Um, and, and I think it's because external forces tend to be a lot louder and you can see them. It's not necessarily a feeling. We're not taught to sit, well, in North America, at least, we're, we're definitely not taught to sit in our feelings and to feel um, our own self. And as an adult now in our thirties, I'm trying to process still, like that's a challenge for me still to do. But if you actually do it and you teach yourself and you dedicate that time to yourself, then the inner voice becomes a lot louder than the outer voice. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's, it's a challenge. It's hard. It's hard to sit in your own poo and think about, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this. I know I shouldn't be doing it. Why am I doing it? And like, that's sitting in your own drama. Right. And it's not a comfortable situation at, you know, at first. And then the more times you do it, then you realize it's so much easier. You just sit in it for a little bit and then move on versus having to sit in it for a long time to figure out, you know, to untie the knots that you've made over the years. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions... The women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. 
Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Did you want to give us a summary of some of the knots that you ran into and, and had to untie in your life before you started the book series? Well, I for sure can. Um, I fell in love when I was 20, as did my main character. My main character is, is loosely based on what I, I went through. Um, but I didn't want to write a novel like a, a, a biography just because I'm not cool. Like I live in the prairies in Canada and I live a very average life, but I had in my mind, a, a, a extraordinary is not the right word, but it's the only thing I can come up with. I had an extraordinary story. Um, and I didn't come to terms with that or to, to the conclusion of that by myself. I was just told that I was consistently by anybody that I crossed paths with. And I decided to word vomit my life to, um, it happens way more than it should. So it was easy to get that, that, that feedback back. But so I, back to my story, um, fell in love with somebody that lived across the world, but was working in Canada where I was when we met and we fell madly in love with one another. It was a first love. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we decided, you know what, this is going to be it. We're going to live in Canada. Everything is hunky dory. Everything is good. We're good. We're great. Um, immigration process starts and we kind of get hit with roadblock after roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And if that wasn't enough red flags to be like, Hey, the universe does not want you to go down this path. Um, I kept fighting. I was determined to, you know, bring my partner over here and start her happily ever after. So we had a long distance relationships for a few years and then we ended up having to get married. We wanted to get married, but we wanted to get married on different circumstances. We had to get married to get him into Canada. So we did that. And then six months after he moved here, he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And that brought up a lot of um, suppressed things. Um, you know, there was mental illness, there was addiction. Um, it, the cancer just pulled out every kind of ugly um, that you could imagine. And so we ended up both losing our jobs, um, losing our home and moving back in with my parents into the room, my childhood bedroom, as his health deteriorated. There were several times where I thought he died next to me in the middle of the night. Um, um and mind you, let's just preface, I think I was about 22, 23 at this point, so very young in hindsight, but felt like I was old and totally wise and able to deal with the situation at hand. And all I was doing was trying to survive um, and consistently reminded that I was not the patient. I was just the caregiver. So there was um, unfortunate, some toxic, you know, emotional stuff attached to the relationship as well. And one day I came home from yoga um, and he had a backpack packed and his passport. And he was like, I am out of here. I was like, okay. Wow. So um, that is the root of the story and the three books. And it's just, it's 
blossomed into, you know, just the way bigger details and going through kind of almost step-by-step how I felt on those big moments, um, the good and the bad, um, because it was beautiful. Like I was, I fell in love with a beautiful person, um, who loved me strongly and we got to hang out in South Africa where he was from. I got to, I got to go there uh, every winter for a few years and I would spend my Christmas and New Year's on the beach and it was 40 degrees and it was beautiful. And, and, you know, some of the best scenery and backdrops in the world. And I got to be there. So the good and the bad. Um, And then the lessons learned how I kind of picked myself up and, and figured out how to, you know, find a job and get my butt out of my parents' house when I was in my mid twenties, I was diagnosed with PTSD shortly after that. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. So, you know, I hadn't gone to war, but I had gone through something emotionally traumatic and that's what happened. And um, so there was a lot of, a lot of searching and lessons learned. And you would think that, you know, when he took off with his backpack, uh, that would be my rock bottom, but it definitely wasn't. So uh, there was still some falling to do, and 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 that's just the the point of life is you're gonna you're gonna get strapped with these really crappy circumstances, and how to get through them, how to be better, how to not continue a cycle and and have it happen over and over and over again is to really sit in your you know, sit in it and figure out why you made the decisions, why you didn't listen to the the universe, your God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. Like, why did you listen to all the signs that were coming that were hitting you in the face for the, over the years? Um, And then once you kind of figure that answer out, you can work on making it not happen again in the future. You had a lot thrown at you at a very young age and to be able to even try to process it, you, you know, you're in the middle of an avalanche and you don't even know it. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't until I was much older. Well, like I said, I'm only mid 30. So it's about it's been about 10 years. But, you know, it it took me five plus years to f- figure it out. And you'll notice that there's a big there's a big difference, be- um, time difference between book one and two and book three. Um and people were like, why, why are you leaving us hanging here? And I'm like, book three can't be written because I haven't lived it yet. So I don't have a good conclusion to this story. I'm still floundering. Um, and then finally, when I was able to finish it, it was, it was fantastic to get it out and um, to finally put it, you know, a, a, close that book in more ways than one, literally and metaphorically. What a catharsis. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And bravo that you were able to come up with a conclusion of chin up, tits out <laughs> uh, and and really kind of grasp what all happened and how to take life on and say, you know what? I'm the one in charge here. You're not going to get the best of me and I can do this. There are a lot of people who don't do that for decades and decades or their entire life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a couple of years ago, a coworker of mine was going through a divorce at 50 and she had read my books and, and I work in corporate as well. So uh, she read my books and we had done a couple of business trips together. And she, she was just like, I wish I would have done this so much longer or so, so long ago, like or earlier. I, I wish I didn't waste so much time. I said, well, you, you can wish all you want and you can regret all you want, but 
that's not going to make you feel any better. It's going to make you feel worse. So just be grateful, like find gratitude and appreciation in yourself for making that step now and haven't wasted any more time. And then look forward and be excited for what new opportunities are going to come your way. Um, Because if you always kind of look back, you don't have a, you don't have sight as to where you're going. Um, right. So if you look forward, you can choose the direction and, and miss the potholes and jump, you know, jump the hurdles. You can see those coming. Yeah. If you're always looking back, you're going to run into something because you're not going to see it coming. And there's so many people who sleepwalk through life, I think. Oh, it hurts my soul. (laughs) It hurts my soul. You know, you, you ask people, you're like, oh, so like, what's, what's next on your goal list or, you know, what's the next stage? And they're like, you know, I'm just, I'm happy right here. Okay. Good. You know what? If that works for you, that works for you. It doesn't have to work for me. (laughs) Some people are just afraid of change too. They are. I I went back to my hometown when I left when I was 18 in Northern Quebec, because I knew there's absolutely no hope there. And I went back with my sister um, about 15 years later and I could not believe as we're driving down a small town about 10,000 and we're driving down the main street and the same guy we grew up with was pretty sure wearing the same clothes leaning on the same post he was 15 years ago watching traffic go by on the street and and we went to our, our local bar that we used to hang out and the same people were sitting on the same bar stool and you wonder is that the same beer like <laughs> right <laughs> it's like it, I, it's like we went into a time warp where nothing in their lives had changed the same people were riding the same bikes and it was just like i'm like lynn oh my god we got to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was such an eye opening experience to realize in that 15 years how far her and i had come and traveled the world and you know you do this and this and this and then you go back and these people there's no change no you know nothing and I'm like oh thank god I'm not like that like thank god that I'm as outspoken and out out uh, like driven and you know that that wanting change and to experience and, and see all things I think it's a gift and a blessing yes it is oh very much so well, humans are not designed to stagnate. And, and that's exactly what people do. They get stuck in a rut and they just keep digging a hole. I mean, if, if you keep a vehicle in one spot and just keep rotating the tires, you're going to get yourself into a big, deep hole you can't get out of. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. So how do people grasp that? What do you think, Miranda um, and Kathy? I'm sure there are people who feel like they're stuck. They want so desperately to make some changes and maybe follow their passion, but they don't know how. I think making a decision, honestly, you have to, no matter where you're at, what rut you're in, because there's ruts throughout different parts of our lives. You have to just stand in that rut and say, look around your your circumstances, your situation, say, okay, I got myself here. I'm going to get myself out. You know, because if you wait for someone to save you, you're going to be waiting a long time. Um, oh. I know I, I'm talking from experience on that one because I was waiting my whole life for Prince Charming right, to save me. <laughs> and then yeah. Toothless Joe showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite the Prince Charming I had envisioned. <laughs> you got to be oh specific <laughs> with, with your with your request. But no, I think it starts with just taking making a, a firm decision and then taking an, a, a step into action. Yeah. 
I can't agree with you more, Kathy. It's, it's one foot in front of the other. You may have a big dream. It may be to write a book. Who knows? We'll use that for example. You don't, if you think about the 30, 40, 50,000 words that it's going to be at the end of it, that's a, it's exciting, but it's equally as daunting. So break down, like once you, you know, made that mental decision to take the step, break down the steps to manageable steps. Um, make it, you know, figure out what you can do today, tomorrow, this week, next week, this month, this quarter, this year, you know, break down your goals, start with the big ones, and then work your way down to the small daily goals. And if you can do that, you look at that daily goal, you don't look at what's six months from now, you don't look at what's a year from now, heck, you don't look at what's a month from now. You look at today, tomorrow, and then you figure out your day around that. It's a lot less daunting and a lot less scary. And then, you know, fly through those days and bam, in a year you have a book and you're at a book launch and it's exciting. And and then you can cry happy tears. Also speaking from experience. Yeah, me me too. On my book writing, (laughs) same thing. But one thing I tell the ladies in the shelters that I speak to, um, because they're in situations that are so overwhelming, is, you know, when when life is difficult and you you don't know where to go, um, I always say run when you can, walk if you if you must, but and even crawl if you have to cry all the way there if need be, but just keep moving. Don't yeah. stop, don't stay stagnant. You know, the wheel of life keeps turning. You have to keep going. And even I, I tell my daughter the same thing because she, she's very emotional. Cry all the way there. It doesn't matter, but keep moving. Right? Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, totally. An object in motion is a lot easier to direct and change a path versus get going from stagnant. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. If, yeah. you, if a ball is rolling, all you need to do is gently touch it to change the direction of it. But you have to put so much more force into getting that ball rolling to get the momentum. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good visual for people. Keep moving. You're going to get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think people feel despair depending on their situation. Um, they don't know where to turn. And sometimes things are so overwhelming. They're, they're not sure where to start. And then they build it up in their heads. Oh, it's just too much. They tell themselves they can't. Oh, it, it's too huge of an obstacle. I can't take this on. You know what? I'll tell you a little secret of mine. It's the anticipation. Like, say you're waxing your eyebrows and you put the wax strip on and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. The longer it takes you to pull the wax strip off, the anticipation increases the amount of pain. If you just put it on and rip it off, it's less pain. Maybe I could have used a Band-Aid analogy but that was what came to my mind was waxing my eyebrows. <laughs> I've had a bad wax job before. And it's like, ah, yeah, You're oh, yeah. right, right, right. Totally get it. Anticipation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like it, you know, you sit there and you're expecting, you're expecting, you're expecting it and it hurts and you're like, oh my gosh. But then when it actually happens, you're like, oh, wasn't that oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So maybe we set ourselves up to fail because we're either fearful or we would rather just not do anything. Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, there's a, a, there's comfort in living in blissful naivety. You know, there's a place that I don't ever have to step out of my comfort zone because I am comfortable right now without doing anything more, mm-hmm. anything less. Um, but the life ball continues to spin, whether or not we are going to participate in it. Um, and things around us are going to change. If we don't, our world around us will eventually people get older, the world changes. Um, so eventually, eventually your comfort zone or that safe zone is going to change around you. And you can just change alongside with it or work towards changing it in the direction that you want, right? Let it happen to you or you happen to it. Amen to that. Command the change. Be part of the change. That way you don't feel like you're a victim of change. Very much so. Mm -hmm. I think that um, like change happens so fast that uh, it's easy to get uh, caught in that that whirlwind of a tornado. But if you stay stuck like those guys, like by the people from my past, um, it, there's no benefit to the life. I think I, I really, really, really believe that every next level of your life, because things change constantly demands yeah. a different version of who you need to be. Yeah. Um, who, like when I started training on, on uh, the motor grader, I was very, very insecure and, you know, Oh my God, this thing is so big. I mean, you know, what can I do? And now I'm changing. I, I, you know, got comfortable with what I'm doing and I got confident and now I'm training on on the biggest dozer in the world. Um, And it requires a whole new level for me to tackle, right? So now all that courage and confidence that I gained with the greater now steps up, helps me move into the next position, right? And I'm more aggressive and more confident where I wasn't three years ago. there's, There's a big a difference. So I had to rise to the rise to the occasion, basically. Right? Rise to the occasion. You know what? I can't agree with you more. And and from like a personal step, uh, a year and a half ago, I had a daughter. I stayed home, and I freaked out every little thing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she has a cold. Oh my gosh, she has a rash. Oh my gosh, she has a fever. Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Postpartum is hard." Um, and eight weeks ago, I had twin boys. And in my life, I never. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank Congratulations. you. Um, yeah, I would never imagine like my daughter was a walk in the park, like a walk in the park compared to these boys. Um, they, we as a family of five have been sick for at least six out of eight of those weeks. Like I'm pretty sure one of my sons um, has always had a congested nose because he snorts like he's just a snorer. He sounds like a little pig. Mm. and he's so cute we're like oh that's just him and his nickname is Groot like I am Groot um and he we looked at each other like maybe it's just congestion like maybe he's had black nose and black sinuses since day one like I don't know so we're really you know but anyways I've got totally went off on a tangent there about my son's to congestion but I I never thought that I could deal with twins by myself I mean with my husband of course but 
it, it's been a wild ride and it's not been easy, but I've survived it and I'm pretty darn happy and feel balanced and not overwhelmed and not stressed. Um, I mean, there's daily stresses, of course, and I'm sleep deprived and I don't know when I washed my hair. I think it was yesterday, but it could have been three days ago. But, you know, I, like every chapter of your life, you're right, requires a stronger version of you or a different version of you. And you can, you know, choose to rise to the occasion or to let life kind of dictate and take you where it's going to go. So yeah, that's my greatest feat lately. And you probably look back and go, you know, I'm pretty amazing. I actually could take this on. Exactly. I was prepping for the worst. I was like, Hey, everybody, everybody in the family, (laughs) y'all just need to come over every day. And you you know, everybody in their lives had their own lives. So that didn't happen. And I was panicking, panicking. My husband so graciously pointed out, he's just like, but darling, you're doing this by yourself right now. And I'm like, yeah, I am, aren't I? (laughs) Uh So yeah, it's sometimes it takes a little bit of an outsider to remind you. And again, there's always that time for self-practice and self-reflection and still trying to find that balance, but it's only been eight weeks. So we're going to get there. I'd say you're doing terrifically. And you know, maybe people need to be able to take a step back and give yourself a round of applause. Oh, totally. That's something people don't do either. No, because, well, why, why, why would we people, the outsiders might call us pretentious or conceited or too full of themselves. But I mean, if you're not going to be your biggest cheerleader, why would you expect anybody else to cheer with you for you? Okay. Hang on. I'm going to do that right now. Patting myself on the back. Yay, Kathy. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Right. Miranda, Kathy, Shelly. Yes. All of us. We rock, man. Uh huh. (laughs) We'll be the cheering section. Yes. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. You know, I've often wondered, and this has run through my head, of course, I have a lot of weird things that run through my head. When we're children, we get all kinds of accolades just because we're kids and we're cute and people think everything we do is funny or whatever. As yep. adults, we don't get that anymore. No. You know, and when you do compliment somebody like that, maybe not in like the high pitched, really child friendly voice. But when you do compliment somebody, they'll look at you and go, yeah, but or yeah. And like expecting something negative to come post that. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm just complimenting you. I'm just showing my appreciation for you or my gratitude, or maybe I'm proud of you for something that you've done. I've, I've done that to my best friend. I'm like, I'm very proud of you for that. She's like, that's weird. But what, what did I do wrong? I said, nothing. I just thought you should know that that choice in your life makes me proud of your growth. 
She's mm. like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, people think it's weird as adults to get that. It bugs me. We are conditioned not to get it. it. It's almost like they shut the door on compliments and appreciation. And we just kind of meander through life. And I think we're still seeking that. But then when we do get the compliments, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, they kind of reject the compliment. Like oh, yeah, for sure. They're not supposed to have it. Oh, I do that. I'll do that. Somebody will compliment me and I will throw it down. They're like, oh, you look, you know, you look fantastic today. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I showered. Well, no, they're per- that person is complimenting me on the my whole being looking yeah. good today. You know, eight weeks postpartum, not I showered today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm the first person to like not take a compliment seriously. And I've been called upon that on on many occasions and I try to work on it, but cause I'm the first one to like randomly applaud somebody for the smallest little, you know, decision that they've made and chose to share with me. You know, when I was in treatment uh, in that women's center for a year, um, one of the exercises we had to do for our self-esteem, cause there's 25 women that live in this house. Um, we had to, I think it was for two weeks straight for this the duration of this module that we were working on we had to randomly give compliments to each other and um when you received a compliment you had to just say thank you and and leave it at that that was one of the hardest things um to accept because number one everybody in there had was you know come lots of sexual abuse lots of domestic violence you know addiction all all sorts of stuff so your your self-esteem is really shot So it sounds easy, you know, just accepting a compliment, but when you feel really crappy, when you've been brainwashed into believing that you're, you're no good, accepting, just saying something as simple as thank you is really hard, really, really hard. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And it took some time and you could see most women, myself included, you're, 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 you're uncomfortable in your skin, you're shuffling, you know, you're, you're kind of awkward and trying to just accept to say, Hey, you know, you look great today or mad nice makeup job or Matt, what'd you do to your hair or something like that. As simple as that difficult to say, just say, thank you. But, but at the same time, it was very healing because it it showed us slowly step-by-step that, yeah, you know, you are beautiful and you're like that, that butterfly for the caterpillar and the butterfly thing. You're, you're transforming yourself and it starts by accepting just how awesome you are. That's right. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Another, another one they had us do was the, to look in a mirror we had to all we were all sitting in a circle and they gave us all a mirror and you think and just sit there and look at yourself wow oh my god the amount of emotional outbursts that came through that one exercise was over the top i i personally lost it like i just i could not like some women were breaking the mirror um it just they could not look at themselves they could not stand who they were they, they you know carrying decades of guilt and and shame and whatnot um it was very very traumatic just to look at yourself i mean think how deep the wounds are right if you can't even look and i know just saying that i'm pretty sure all the some listeners who who are listening when they go in the bathroom in the morning they really quickly you know brush their teeth wash their hair and put their makeup Mm -hmm. on if they put makeup on without actually standing there fully embracing their own beauty you know yeah. So women are really hard on themselves. Oh, yeah, very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. 
Very, very much. We're so. conditioned by the media with the advertising and everything else. Um, <laughs> and just the perception of perfection. And no one's perfect. And we look in the mirror and we go, oh, I need to lose a few pounds. And oh, <clears throat> what the heck's on my face today? You know, <laughs> we don't go, oh, wow, I look pretty good today. I like oh, myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, you know what? I didn't realize how much I did that until I had a daughter. And then when my daughter started watching me and mimicking me and I was like, Oh girl, (laughs) you got to change what you say to yourself because if she's already mimicking me at a year, um, these are like deep core self values that you are instilling now, um, that you and her don't even realize. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, sure. I got to lose weight to become healthy, but, or healthier. I, I love that my body has grown three humans in two years. I love that I'm still able to walk and breathe and, you know, do everything on my own. Um, and you know, the, the weight will come off. I was pregnant for three years straight. It's not going to come off in two months. No, It'll take three years. Like I I told you three, three months pregnant, three months post-pregnancy. And if I don't see changes, then, then, you know, then you take the next step, but just try to live your life and enjoy and be healthy as, as much as you can be for the next three years and watch how you talk to yourself, love yourself for it, be outwardly loving because my kid is watching. Um, and I, and I don't want her to, to, I mean, she's, we all do it again, media, right. Conditions us. It's going to be out there, but if I can try to do this for her, I'm going to benefit in the long run. So positive messaging when you're growing up, it's huge. It really is. And you, you are what you see. Yeah. We have that conditioning and in imprinting. It's, it's really good that you think about that. I don't think everybody does that. They've got little ones with big ears, big eyes, and they're watching. Oh my gosh. And the interactions between parents, like how that affects what kind of partner you choose in the long run. Yeah. Oh, holy moly. Oh Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yep. (laughs) Huge eyes wide open. Like we just sit there and, you know, my, my partner and I, we talk all the deep talks all the time. And it's just, that's how we've been since day one. And I think that is why we have a very healthy relationship, but it worked. It's, hard work. It's maintenance to have those talks about the uncomfortable things and to have those talks about, okay, you know, how we speak to each other and how we treat each other is how our children are going to do with their partners in the future. Um, we got to set an example. Like if we have a disagreement, we come, we're two very different people, (laughs) two very different people. We need to show them how we can have a conversation about having a disagreement and not make it volatile, not make it toxic, you know, make it productive, competent, you know, constructive Mm -hmm. communication, you know, saying words with intent, using your tone and inflection with intent, you know, choosing the right words over other words, just to get some spicy, you know, to avoid the little spicy zingers that you really want to throw in, Mm -hmm. in a disagreement, but like, that's not helpful. So it takes practice and constant work, but yeah, we've, we've sat down and have lots of discussions about it over the last year and a half. Miranda, you've got a lot of wisdom. This is is wonderful. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors. 
coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So your books, you have, what, three in the series? What are the titles? I have, first one is Remember No Matter What, Chin Up, Tits Out. Mm-hmm. The second one is When All Else Fails, Chin Up, Tits Out. And the third one is Just Breathe, Chin Up, Tits Out. Love it. Nice. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where do people find the books? You can find book one and two on Amazon and you can find book three on my website. We're doing a cover de- redesign on book three. Um, and so then I'll eventually be watching the cover design. It will also be on Amazon. Um, yeah. So that is where you can find my books and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I'd be happy to mail you signed copies as well. And your website is Miranda O spelled O H.com. So it's yes. Miranda O.com. I love your name, Miranda O. That's right. It's, uh, okay. you know, what? it is a pen name because, uh, like I said, I do work in corporate. Um, mm-hmm. So keeping tits and corporate separate <laughs> is, oh, yeah. 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 It's a, <laughs> it's a, it was a big important thing. My boss is like, you know, what? I don't care what you do in your spare time, but do not let it mix with your professional life here. And I said, fair enough. I appreciate you letting me do this because, mm-hmm. you know, not all employers would encourage it. But uh, yeah, he was super supportive. The entire company has been super supportive. And I've been there for what feels like a lifetime, but I absolutely love it. So uh, yeah, Miranda O-O-H is, is a pen name. Miranda is actually my legal middle name, but I answer mm-hmm. to it anyways. I, I like it. It's a little spicy. I love it. What made you come up with O? Um, my mother's maiden name starts with an O and, um, my first name starts with an H. So it was just okay. kind of worked out the initials. Well, it's very catchy and people Thank remember you. it. Oh yeah. I thought so too. It has a nice ring to it and it's short, even though the first name is long. You ought to be in an advertising department, chin up, tits out. 
<laughs> right? People, slogans. <laughs> right? People are, we judge books by its cover. I, I mean, I do have a college diploma and, and part of, part of it was advertising. So I did learn a couple of things when I was in college. Um, but really sales is, I, I've, I have a huge background in sales. A lot of my, my jobs have been in, in different say I've sold toilets to temporary tattoos to cars um, to insurance so literally I have <laughs> yeah I, I probably could find a way to sell ice to an Eskimo but um, it might take me a little while to come up with a spiel that would you know actually work as a sale pitch but hey that's not here nor there so this is great you've got some great messages and I think that there are a lot of ladies that will get a lot out of your books. This is terrific. Thank you. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to share. Well, yeah, it was really, really. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Today, of all days, was the best time we could have had this, this conversation. Um, I'm really, I struggle through a lot of things sometimes that, you know, nobody really knows. And I needed this conversation today. Yeah, okay. I was really struggling borderline with depression and just kind of like, oh, my God. And um it's hard to let go and let God and just, you know, lose, let, let, not let the voices in my head pull me down and keep me there. So everything we talked about today, know this, that it helped me. So thank you very much. Oh, yes. good. You know what? It did the same thing for me. This is my first podcast since the twins were born and uh, postpartum has been again, easier from the first time, but postpartum is never easy. And so it's been challenging the last few weeks. So it's good to put on my big girl voice and my big girl panties again, and just <laughs> be out here with you ladies and spend the time with you. So I, I, I liken that it's been very mentally stimulating and, and pleasing for me. I needed it. I'm invigorated. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to, I want to jog around the house. <laughs> I want you to envision me tonight on my grader and my coveralls and my hard hat standing, standing tall, chin up and tits out. That's good. Right. That's good. Right. I cannot, I will, I will have that envisioned in my memory <laughs> all evening. I'm going to dream up about it. It's going to be good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Thank you, Miranda. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for so having me. What an inspirational guest. Be sure to check out Miranda O. You can find her on her website, Miranda O, that's spelled O-H, dot com, or just type chin up, tits out, and Miranda O's name. Great book, great title, great author. Check it out. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, Email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.